Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why a lack of sleep makes you eat more, how we just found an ancient Greek military ship in a submerged Egyptian city, and how you can keep the peace in your relationship with a writing exercise. Let's exercise some curiosity. Late nights and early mornings can make even those with the strongest willpower give in to temptation and head for the drive-thru. But being short on time might not be the only reason you eat badly during busy weeks. According to research, lack of sleep actually makes your body want to eat more. Scientists have uncovered a lot of reasons why this might happen. For example, lack of sleep disrupts your circadian rhythm, which tells you when you should eat and when you should sleep. But a big one comes down to the so-called hunger hormones, leptin and ghrelin. Leptin is a hormone released by fat cells that reduces your appetite, and ghrelin is a hormone released by the stomach that makes you hungry. Studies have found that sleep deprivation is linked to a decrease in appetite-suppressing leptin levels and an increase in hunger-causing ghrelin levels. But that's not all. A study in the journal Sleep found that sleep deprivation can increase the peaks of a chemical known as an endocannabinoid. If that word sounds familiar, it's because it's related to the word cannabis. Endocannabinoids act on the same parts of the brain that marijuana does. Munchies, anyone? The study found that a lack of sleep affects the daily rhythm of the endocannabinoid called 2-AG, which may make eating more pleasurable. That may be great news for your mouth, but bad news for your waistline. Sleep is important for everyone, but if you're trying to lose weight, you really need your shut-eye. For a 2011 study in the Annals of Internal Medicine, researchers had 10 overweight, middle-aged participants go on a diet. For two weeks, half of the participants slept for eight and a half hours per night. The other half only got to sleep for five and a half hours. Both groups lost the same amount of weight— three pounds or a kilogram and a half on average, but those who got more sleep lost more in the form of fat. Those who got less sleep also showed higher levels of our old friend ghrelin, which likely made them hungrier and reduced the number of calories they burned. This is yet another reason to get a good night's sleep. If you want to silence the snack cupboard siren song, try to go to bed on time. Speaking of siren songs... Another mythical feature of the ocean is the underwater city of Atlantis. Now, no one's sure if that lost city ever actually existed, but there's another ancient city that really did sink to the ocean floor. And an international team of scientists made a surprising discovery there. They found a boat and funerary complex beneath this sunken city. The ancient Egyptian city of Taunus Heraklion once sat where the seashore met the western mouth of the Nile River. It was a key port for Egypt until Alexandria was established to the east in 331 BCE. This city's waterfront location went from a perk to a disaster when the ground became oversaturated and liquefied. First, in 140 CE, a major temple called Amun collapsed. Next, a series of earthquakes around 800 CE sent the whole city to a watery grave. Rising sea levels only submerged the city further. For a long time, scientists weren't sure where this storied city could be. 
It was mentioned here and there in historical texts and inscriptions, though researchers believed the references were two different cities. But when they found the city in 2001, in present-day Abu Kir Bay, they realized that Taunus and Heraklion were one and the same. Taunus was its Egyptian name, and Heraklion was the Greek name. Since then, researchers have recovered a trove of treasures from the ancient city, including coins and a giant statue of the Nile god, Hapi. The latest expedition uncovered some even greater finds. Archaeologists used a cutting-edge type of sonar to detect a rare 2,200-year-old boat called a fast galley. It was about the length of a tennis court, and it would have reached impressive speeds thanks to its large sail and the right team of oarsmen. Its flat bottom and keel suggest it was used to navigate the Nile where it met the Mediterranean. Scientists have only found one other ship like it at an Italian site in 1971. Scientists also discovered a Greek cemetery dating back to 2,400 years ago. The space was decked out in funerary offerings and had evidence of ceremonial burning. There were even some untouched baskets of fruit inside some of the tombs. You probably wouldn't want to eat that, well, unless you wanted to stay in the tomb permanently. In any case, this ancient city's disaster has been a boon for archaeological research. I mean, who needs Atlantis when you've got a real city under the sea? Darling, it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. I will, thanks. <laughs> the pandemic has put lots of relationships to the test. All that together time during lockdown has led some couples toward bickering, breakups, or worse. And as many countries reimpose lockdowns in response to the highly contagious Delta variant, lots of couples would welcome any way to keep the peace. Fortunately, a new study has delivered just that, and all it takes is a writing exercise. Scientists at the University of South Florida set out to study an intervention that's proven useful in the past. It's called cognitive reappraisal, which is all about reconsidering your thoughts and feelings from a more objective point of view. This method of reinterpreting has been shown to reduce negative emotions and behaviors like anger, rumination, depression, and even alcohol and drug use. Reframing your feelings can help keep you in control, not your emotions. To find out whether cognitive reappraisal might help couples during COVID, the team surveyed 716 people about arguments, specifically how often, long, and intensely they argued with their significant other. All the participants had been in their relationships for at least six months and were living with their partner. Once they got a sense of the couple's quarrels, researchers gave the participants a writing assignment. Some were told to write about a recent fight with their partner from the perspective of a neutral observer who cares about them, like a mutual friend. Those participants were then asked to take that viewpoint during conversations with their partner over the next few weeks. Some others were simply asked to spill their deepest thoughts and feelings about the problems in their romantic relationship. And another group journaled about mundane chores, like laundry or yard work. Scientists checked in again two weeks later. The group that had written about their disagreements from an outsider's perspective reported fewer arguments and less intense confrontations. The key was how shifting perspective helped them reframe their thoughts. 
Viewing the dispute from the outside forced people to get out of their defensive stance and view things more objectively. They were able to see that the conflict was really small in the scheme of their relationship. So, the next time things get heated in your relationship, take a break to write it out. When it comes to conflict resolution, stepping outside of yourself leaves room to have a discussion with greater empathy, understanding, and compromise. I sure hope you learned something today. I know I did. So, hey, let's recap it, just to make sure. Starting with the fact that sleep deprivation makes you want to eat more for a few reasons. It reduces the appetite-suppressing hormone leptin, and it increases the hunger hormone ghrelin. And it also increases the peak of a marijuana-like chemical in your brain that makes eating more pleasurable. And probably as a result, people who diet while they're sleep-deprived have been shown to lose less fat than people who get enough sleep. So, get some shut-eye. You know how I keep leptin and ghrelin straight in my head, Cody? Please tell me. Ghrelin sounds like a tummy growling, like ghrelin. And then leptin is like licking your chops after a meal. So like you're full because of leptin. I don't know. If you ever if you ever need to remember these two hormones, that's how to do it. I like it. And we learned that the ancient Egyptian city of Taunus Heraklion is a real sunken city with some fascinating underwater treasures. A recent expedition found a 2,200-year-old boat called a fast galley and a 2,400-year-old funerary area that still had evidence of ceremonies that took place there, including baskets of fruit. Delicious. I just love that we've now hyphenated its name because researchers thought it was two different cities because it was two names in different languages. That's hilarious to me. I like that. It's like, my name is Joseph Jose. <laughs> like, it's the same name in two different languages. <laughs> That's awesome. But we also learned that you can reduce conflict in your relationship through something called cognitive reappraisal. That's basically reframing and reinterpreting your thoughts and feelings from a more objective point of view. Participants in one study did this by writing about a recent fight from the perspective of a neutral observer and then taking that viewpoint during future conversations with their partner. It led to fewer arguments and less intense confrontations. And it's a quick, easy, and free way to keep the peace in your relationship. Not a bad deal. I feel like this also at least demonstrates to me that maybe sometimes talking about fights in your own relationship to your very best friends might not always be a good idea because they're going to do the opposite of this. They're not going to take an objective stance. They're going to be like, you are the most important person in the entire world, and I'm always going to take your side. And it's like, yeah, but, uh, you know, that just heightens emotions. And so it's not, you know, if you find that, you feel worse after talking to your friends rather than better, then, you know, maybe uh, maybe try writing it out instead. Sure. Or maybe finding, like, very mutual friends. There you go. By very, I mean, kind of equal ground. Not like my best friend from childhood who is now friends with my spouse, but like people you met together, etc. That's a good idea. And I think maybe the, you know, let let your significant other know that you're talking to this person. It's not like you want to, like, spread their dirty laundry to their friend who is also your friend. But, uh, yeah, I think a mutual friend is a good idea. One of the biggest mistakes I've seen people make in relationships is telling their parents, e.g. my parents, 
about big fights they've had or conflicts with their significant other because then the parents are not on board with that person. And that's, right. that's a really hard ship to turn around. So remember that if you think you're in it for the long haul with someone and you get in some big blow up fight or they do something really horrible, be really wary before telling your family because they'll remember and it could spell disaster for any long term possibilities. I mean, listen, we we pay more attention to negative things than positive things. So if you want your friends and family to like your significant other, you have to at least make sure that you are sharing at least as many positive things about them as negative. Even if, you know, negative things are when you really want to talk about it, you have to share the reasons that you like them. It's important. (laughs) Yep. Good expert relationship advice from two people who are not relationship experts. But we're, you know what? We're married. That's something. <laughs> Not to each other. To other people. To other people. Mm-hmm. To, for to any, be clear. Any new listeners, different people. Yes. So. <laughs> Today's writers were Steffi Drucker and Ashley Hamer, who's also our managing editor. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. You want to know a great tip for making your relationship a home run? Tell them about Curiosity Daily. And tell them to join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. 